All right, I want you guys to start thinking about whether or not you want to participate in a building activity. Tanner? <laughs> We're going to need three, three, three groups of two. So uh, you're going to be building a bridge out of supplies. We're going to go straight in the middle of here. So raise your hand if you want to participate in an activity. You want to build. We're going to need six people. So we're going to do it up. Okay, so we got three people here. Okay, you guys can come on up. All right. One, two, three, four. Choo choo. Come to cane train. Okay. So what we're going to do is everybody's going to have a stack of four handles, and I'll make it about two hands wide. About that. And then you guys are going to get a box of supplies. And the objective is to build a bridge that goes between the books. Okay, so this is your okay. That works good. No, it's too much. Oh no. I'm miscounting. I need two more handles. Okay, that's going to be your handles right here. Or Bibles, whatever. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, it's dope. Okay, that's about the same. That's about the same there. Okay, so here is your batch of supplies. Here is your batch of supplies. Here is your batch of supplies. Now, they're going to be judged on two parameters. First of all, how much weight can they hold? Measured by screws and a basket. Second is, how pretty they are. I'm going to have Tina judge that. All right. I'm going to set a timer here. On your mark? Yes, Brittany. I don't know how to cut the tape. There's scissors. There are scissors in your basket of your supplies. Yep. On your mark. Get set. Go. I'm not going to tell you how much time you have. You just got to go as fast as you can. Okay. Popsicle sticks. You got tape. You got clips. You got paper, scissors, tape, pipe cleaners. You know, until I was like, 20 years old, I was like, why are they called pipe cleaners? I was like, oh, wait. They <laughs> clean pipes. Okay, I'm going to give you a hint. You only have like two and a half more minutes. you got to make it fast. You better go. You better make it fast. Come on, Grace. I believe in you. You can't open the tape. 
Oh, that seems really inconvenient. You know what? Neither can I. <laughs> Can't find that where the tape begins and make a new beginning. Something better for it. Yeah, just a new year. Yeah, yeah. New year. Oh wow, look. Okay, you guys got another minute and a half. Yep. I mean, I could give you more time to build, but I think people would start getting bored. I mean, I'm sure you guys aren't bored right now because this is like super intense. Patience. Of course. Patience. Decorative. Decorative? You know what's weird is that envelope and envelope are spelled the same and they mean the same thing. Sometimes you just have to think about stuff. But they're used differently. Yeah. Okay, 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Don, Don. <laughs> All right, I want everybody to do a big countdown with me, starting from 132. <laughs> 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hands down, hands down. Oh, oh. Okay, you can put that back up. You can put that back up. Yeah, you can slide your book just slightly closer. Okay. Okay, now hands down. Now hands down. Okay, Trina. You have to rate which one you think is the best. And which one, like, give them a one to three. So, like, one, two, three. Yeah, just experience. Yeah, I'm going to do the stress test. This one reminds me of McDonald's. It's one of Amber's favorite restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely convertible driving worthy. So I'm going to give these guys the best, the most attractive bridge. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you need to break two and three as well. Oh. Unfortunately. <laughs> Part of being a judge. <laughs> you know, how about this? How about you just say, you, you just say the second place and I'll just okay. infer the rest. <laughs> okay, this one's nice too. Okay, so that's two. Okay, one, one, two, and then third one. All right, now it's time for the stress test. We'll start with just the basket. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll say that's that's safe. If I won that bridge, I would be terrified. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna, you guys wanna, yeah. do one screw, two screws, three, four, I, uh, yeah, that's it.
That's that's four. Okay. What is her team name? Belly. Okay. Wow. Okay. But I gave you more than that. I should have taken your guys' time away. You built too good of a bridge. So this morning, we are starting a series on building bridges 
not from craft supplies and not real bridges, as in like the ones that carry traffic. But we're talking about building relational bridges that help lead people to Christ. And in this series, we are going to try to start our year off on the right foot and make sure that we get our priorities straight. We're going to uh, try to be encouraged to not give up on people and relationships. We're going to uh, try to find some ways to navigate the difficulties of building bridges and sharing our faith. And we're going to try to maybe help overcome some fears or misconceptions about building bridges and sharing your faith. So it's a simple series. It's a simple idea, but it's also fundamental. And if we don't focus on the fundamentals, I think we lose our priorities and we lose our edge. So I think it's good for us to reprioritize. And actually, we're going to start where Cheryl started in 2 Corinthians 5, which she actually read during uh, communion. It's crazy here. I did not know that Cheryl was going to pick that. Yeah. Coincidence. I think not. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And these are going to be great jumping off uh, points for our topic, for the whole series. Because what Paul says here really helps sum up our mission and the reason we're doing it. I will not have to spend as much time on it today because Cheryl's already read it and talked about it. But never, never, nevertheless, we will read it again. Starting in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God is in, was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So let's start by talking about this word reconciliation. It's used a lot here, and it's important to the conversation. So the word for reconciliation is the, in the Greek is katalasso. And it looks like this. And it's pronounced like that. And it's a compound of two words, the prefix kata and the verb being alasso. And kata, the prefix, is an intensifying prefix. And it can mean things in certain situations like down and backwards and against. But commonly it means fully completely, intensely, and down to like an exact point, to like the fullest extent something could be. And there are English words that come from this kata that we may have heard of. Catastrophe, cataclysm, catalyst, right? These are all words um, where this prefix is intensifying what is going on. Like cataclysm means to completely wipe out, to completely wash and that's what kata is doing here. So what is the alasso? What is it intensifying? Well, the word alasso means to change or to transform. And so the word katalasso means to completely transform, to fully transform, to the, to the greatest extent to change something. And in this case, Paul is talking about the reference 
to our relationship with God. So before we were in Christ, before we became Christians, we were distant with, from God. We were at odds with him. There was a gap between us. And now, after God reconciled us, after God catalassoed us through Christ, we are transformed. We're completely changed. Our relationships are restored. And now we are made in right standing with God. We are perfectly fit to be with God. And a good way to remember this word and this idea from catalasso is I think it sounds a lot like cattle lasso, right? Like you would, yeehaw, and grab the cow with the rope like a lasso. All right, so you use a lasso and you pull the cow into you, right? And that's kind of what this idea is, where catalassoing is where you are pulled in and made right. So you can think about that. I'm not calling you cattle, but you can think about that. Next time you think about reconciliation in Scripture. And in, in English, reconciliation is a pretty good representation of what is being talked about here. Because it's talking about the making right of relationships, the fixing of relationships. So back to what Paul says here. Because we are in Christ, we are new creatures. We are a new creation. And we have a different set of laws and a way of being. And a part of that is a new relationship with God. One that is right and full. And God was the one working out this change through Christ in us. And then Paul tells us something that's completely nuts. Is that through us, through Christ, God is reconciling the world. Right? Through me and Naomi and everyone else and all the other Christians, God is working to bring the world back into right standing, to completely transform it. And that's just crazy that he picked someone like me and you to work out his salvation in this world. And that means that we have a job. And that's why Paul calls it a ministry. It's a mission. That's what ministry means. It's an assignment. To bring people, to help bring people back into right standing with God. And Paul equates us, as Cheryl said, to ambassadors, people who are representatives of God's kingdom and way, where we're supposed to be going out into the world and speaking the word of reconciliation, saying, God wants to make things right with you, right? Inviting others to participate in the salvation and redemption that we have. So look at it like this. Christ came to build a bridge for us to God. And now we have that same job of building bridges to Christ. And through this bridge-building mission, people come to know the truth of sin and salvation. They come to know the hope of future promises. They come to know the depth of God's love for this world and for them. And it's this kind of truly amazing mission that we've been given. But just because it's a simple idea, oh yeah, yeah, my job is to just build relationships and lead people to Christ. It's a simple idea to comprehend. That does not make it easy to accomplish though. So with some help from scripture this morning, I think we can learn a few key lessons, a few tangible ways we can walk away and maybe help this 
difficult job of building bridges be more obtainable. So we're going to be looking at John chapter 1 this morning, and you can go ahead and turn there with me. And in this passage, we're going to see three different principles. We can pull three different principles out of this passage about how to build bridges to Christ effectively. So we're going to be picking up this passage uh, talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist is not the same John that wrote the book of John. John the Baptist, believe it or not, got his name because he baptized a lot of people. They estimate he baptized thousands of people in his ministry. And his job was to get the people in the area ready for the coming of the Messiah, for Jesus to come onto the scene to receive him. And John uh, had a pretty significant following. He obviously baptized a lot of people. He was out talking all the time. Crowds would gather around him. He had a lot of influence. If he was alive today, he would have an Instagram page and a, and a TikTok, and he would have millions of followers, and he would just be talking about the coming Messiah. All right, And there would be people saying, oh, he's crazy. Don't listen to that guy. He eats locusts. He's nuts. Okay, But that is what he was. He, he had a major influence. So that's who we pick up with in verse 35. And the next day, John, this is John the Baptist, was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as as he walked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard John speak, and they followed Jesus. All right, so John saw Jesus, and he said to his disciples, That is the one you need to be following. That's the guy who's really important. And what we see here is the first bridge-building principle in action. Using your influence to point to Jesus. There are a lot of people who admired John. But John didn't use his platform to build himself up, to make himself wealthy, to make himself um, in high esteem and in authority. No, he used his platform, his influence, to point people to Jesus. And in fact, in John chapter 3... There are some people who see Jesus preaching and drawing people literally away from John's crowd over to Jesus. And they walk up to John. They're like, why are you getting mad? People are leaving you to go talk to this other guy. And then this is what John says. My joy is now complete. He must become greater and I must become less. Right? So John was happy to use his position and following to point people to Jesus. And then one of these disciples that we just read about, that John pointed to Jesus, his name was Andrew. This is the same Andrew that would go on to become one of Jesus' 12 closest disciples. And this is what Andrew, uh, Andrew followed the Messiah. He confirmed that Jesus was the Messiah. And this is what Andrew did. Look at verse 40. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, He found first his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. He brought him to Jesus, and Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which translates Peter. So notice that the first thing Andrew did after he realized that Jesus was the Messiah was he went to go get his brother Simon to show him the same thing. And this is the second 
principle of building bridges, is to make sharing Jesus a priority. And we will dive into the principles a little more in a minute, but I just want to cover the third principle here, and we'll kind of unpack this principle. Look at verse 43 with me. We've, we've seen people follow Jesus. Now we're going to see a skeptic. The next day, he purposed to go into Galilee, that's Jesus, and he found Philip, and Jesus said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So Philip comes to Nathanael and he says, I found the Messiah. He's doing the same thing where he's leading other people. He's building bridges to Jesus. He said, I found the Messiah. Come, come and see. Come and, come and figure out who this guy is. And this is, what Philip's, this is what Nathaniel says in return. Look at verse 46. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? <laughs> right? So I'm sure Philip just came and super excited. And he's like, I found the Messiah. I found the Messiah. And his best friend is like, Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Greenville? <laughs> no. I love Greenville. My brother and sister-in-law live there. But it was like this middle-of-nowhere town, right? There, no one important visited Nazareth. No one important came from Nazareth. Nothing important happened in Nazareth, right? And so Nathaniel's like, the Messiah's not going to live in Nazareth. Nothing that God's going to do is important like that is going to come from Nazareth. And this is what Philip says in return. He doesn't berate him. He doesn't go into an angry defense. He just says, come and see. Right? Just come and see. It's simple. But it was extremely effective. And that's the third bridge-building principle. The simple invitation to see and experience Jesus. And as a result of this simple invitation, Nathaniel, just a few verses later, says these words, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Nathaniel changed like that once he actually met Jesus. He's like, oh, he is the real deal. So now that we've seen these three principles at play in John chapter 1, I want to go through them, flush them out a little bit, and see how they apply to our lives. Number the first principle, use your influence for Jesus. We saw this when John pointed his disciples to Jesus. And even if we don't feel like it, we all have our own areas of influence. We have families, we go to schools, we have jobs, we have social media accounts, the list can go on. The question is, are you using your platform and relationships to build up yourself or to build up Jesus. So many New Testament authors, they tell us how to live. They want us to live, be respectable people, to work hard, and to build a good reputation. Right? That is what it means to be Christian. We, we need to live that way. Why does the New Testament want us to live that way? It's so that our influence means something to other people. We have a good reputation, so when we say, Jesus matters... Go, come and see. It means something to the people who are hearing it. So John the Baptist, through his sincerity and passion, 
was able to lead people to Jesus even at the cost of his own following. And we, in same, the same fashion, need to leverage, we need to first understand our influence and then leverage it to show people to Christ. So our influence can build bridges. Principle number two, make sharing a priority. The first thing Andrew did after he confirmed that Jesus was the Messiah was to go and tell his brother about it. He didn't keep it a secret. The first thing he did was tell someone else. Andrew made sharing Jesus a priority. And reflecting on this point, it's really close to home to me. As a pastor, I spend a lot of time and effort into trying to communicate the message of Jesus, the scriptures, and God. Right? So when I'm writing sermons, I'm teaching Sunday school classes, I'm talking to people about church things, that's my priority. But when I step out of that, when I enter my daily routines, when I'm in the grocery store, when I'm hanging out with friends, when I'm going through my everyday normal life things, is sharing Jesus the priority to me? Is that the first thing on my mind all the time? So what we need to do as bridge builders, which we've established is what we need to be doing from 2 Corinthians 5, we need to be making bridge building a priority. Right? We need to be using our relationships and our opportunities all the time to build these bridges. And I think once we get into that mindset, they will present themselves. And I'm not saying like all of a sudden you're going to have people all around you converting to Christianity. But you will have more conversations that are more intentional with people if you start to see these opportunities as bridge-building opportunities. And the last thing here is to make the simple invitation. And this is where a lot of people, I think, have trouble when they say, I, I don't want to talk about my faith because I don't have the right words to say, I don't have the information I'm afraid because I don't know what I'm going to say. Philip, notice, didn't have the, the perfect rebuttal. Right? He didn't have every single small nuance of Nathaniel's opposition fleshed out so that he can lead him logically to Jesus. He just said, just come and see. Just come and see. So when you're talking to people and you're like, and they say, what, do you, what about this? You can say, that, I don't know. That's okay. Let's figure it out together. But why don't you just come and see? And don't be afraid to use the question. It's a powerful question. What do you have to lose, right? So someone that you know, that you have a relationship with, you invite them to start reading the Bible and come to church, and you ask them, what do you have to lose? Right? Maybe a couple hours a week and at a church service to start, and then some Bible reading during the week? What do you have to lose, really? Now, I know 2020 was a little different year, but the statistics show that the people who use Netflix on average in 2022 watch Netflix for 3.2 hours a day, which is nuts. That is less time (laughs) than most people commit to church a week, (laughs) right? So you can ask them, like, look at whatever you're doing in your life and you say, you have so much time. What do you have to lose to try a few Sundays? You know, just come and see. And I think that when people come to a church and they start reading about Jesus, they say, oh, there is something going on here, right? So it's a simple question. 
Come and see. And this will maybe help put your nervousness to rest is that remember we're Jesus's witnesses. We're not his attorneys. All right. It's not our job to defend him on every single point. We're just here to talk about him. I think Jesus can handle himself. So, the world, not everybody, but when some people hear Christians, they think they're bigots, right? They think that we're radicals who don't want to talk to people who don't think like us. But I think we need to work hard to fight against that notion. And that starts on an individual level by building bridges. We need to try and connect with all kinds of people. We need to be willing to sacrifice ourselves in that process. So I hope you enjoyed this introductory message into the series on bridging, building bridges. I hope you come and join me next week as we continue to talk about sharing our faith. Please pray with me. God, I thank you so much for this fellowship that we have this morning. I just pray that you give us the confidence and the desire and heart to share you and your son. Thank you for working out the reconciliation in our lives and in the world around us. Please continue to use us however you see fit. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.